Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Welcome to the show. Listen, uh, hi to everybody who listens to us live. Hi to everyone who listens on SiriusXM On Demand, the SiriusXM app, and the John Fugelsang podcast. We love hearing from you guys, the daywalkers. If you ever want to join the evil army of the night, you're always welcome to call any evening. This coming weekend, Friday and Saturday, I'll be at the Comedy Loft in D.C., uh, along with our good friend John Poveromo. That's uh, this two shows Friday night, two shows Saturday. Man, I'm looking forward to that. If you are in the area, come on down. Let's have some laughs. Let's see if DC has slid off America into the ocean yet. The Saban Theater in Beverly Hills with Stephanie Miller, Hal Sparks, and Frangela on October 22nd. And the Sexy Liberal Tour is also going to be coming to DC and, uh, and Chicago, hopefully very soon to a town near you. Let's do a show. Uh, the Heat Wave is the story right now. It is wreaking havoc on Western Europe, and it really just seems like, um, oh, the we-told-you-so era is upon us. Stuff that would have been completely impossible without human-caused global warming, extreme weather events, because no one took global warming seriously, no one took climate change seriously, maybe extreme weather events might bring in some wrestling fans. But we're here, virtually seeing the shutdown of major nations here with our emissions not cut in any significant way, despite all the warnings from scientists here where scientists are baffled and not buying beachfront property. If you want to know last night was the hottest night ever recorded in Britain. London firefighters now are working to save burning homes because today was London's hottest day ever recorded. Temperatures exceeded 40 degrees Celsius, or as we call it here in the normal Fahrenheit world, 104 degrees. I mean, temperatures like this can be deathly, even to healthy people. The mayor of London called the situation critical. Most most homes in the UK don't have air conditioning. And I'm reading all these stories about British folks who are desperately trying to find new ways to keep cool. People are covering up the glass on their doors and windows with tin foil. People are putting bowls of ice cubes in front of fans. Um, climate scientist Simon Lee told Axios, three of the four hottest days in UK history have been in the last four years. This week is the first time the UK's color-coded heat risk alert has ever hit the red level. There was one airport in London had to cancel flights because the runway buckled. Parts of France are experiencing even worse temperatures. Record highs southwest of France, 108 degrees Fahrenheit yesterday. 108 degrees 
in southwest France. The Tour de France right now is pouring water on roads to keep the pavement from melting. Massive wildfires burning in southwest France, in Spain, and in Portugal. Thousands of people in Europe have been displaced. But you're not hearing too much of that on American media, are you? And here, at least 40 million of us are sweating through intense heat warnings and watching Fox News personalities, and by Fox News personalities I include Republican congressmen, claim that climate change is a myth. Nearly 20% of the U.S. population, about 60 million of us, are going to see a temperature at or above 100 degrees Fahrenheit this week. Among the hardest hit areas, uh, Southern Plains, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, there'll be intense heat. There's heat advisories for tomorrow for New York, Boston, and Philly. This is hitting all parts of our country, all parts of the world, and a lot of sane people have been waiting for President Biden to declare a national climate emergency. And those people can keep on waiting. Joe Biden will be appearing tomorrow at a coal plant turned wind power plant in Massachusetts, which is great. Great photo op. But uh, he will stop short of issuing any emergency declarations that would unlock federal resources to deal with this issue. Here is White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre speaking to the various options available to the White House when it comes to this tricky matter of declaring public health emergencies or climate emergencies. Can you talk a little bit about what specific tools it would then give the administration and what specifically you would use it for and do? So one thing that I just wanted to make clear, because some folks were asking um, about uh, about the abortion piece, the emergency abortion piece. So just wanted to just lay out. um, So, look, we haven't ruled out a public health emergency, as I just laid out. uh, And so we're just we're just still moving forward with um, with the options that we potentially have uh, in front of us. Everything is on the table. But to g- declaring a public health emergency is very different from de- declaring a climate emergency. Each unlocks a different set uh, of authorities and a different pot of funding. Uh, and so that's one way to, to think about that. Um, so you know, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up because we've heard this. And so comparing one against the other as a reflection of priority would not be uh, would not be accurate. Uh, but again, it's on the table. We haven't made we haven't we don't have anything to announce at this time. Uh, and, uh, you know, the president will speak more on what it is, how he wants to. Move so uh, polls suggest Americans want policymakers to do more on climate. Sixty-one percent of adults think Congress should act on this issue. Fifty-two percent think the president should act on the issue. Fifty-seven percent want their governors to do more. And of course, that's not going to happen because one political party is devoted to ignoring the science. And I just want to say, uh, politicians who ignore climate science, you're never allowed to claim you care about the unborn. A majority of Americans in all but three states believe that Congress should do more to address climate change. Only three states didn't think Congress should do more. And one of those three states, West Virginia. Let's talk about Joe Manchin. It's in his hands. And he has decided to do nothing. He has decided to string Democrats along in a process where he keeps having problems with their deals. They stay up all night changing the details of their deals. And then Joe Manchin moves the goalposts again. The White House is not giving up on this guy, even after he killed Build Back Better, even after he's going to kill codifying Roe v. Wade because he won't touch the filibuster, even after he killed Biden's entire climate agenda. Joe Biden, I've said this before, is probably the sharpest president on climate change we've ever had. 
And they're still hoping that somehow Lucy's going to hold the football in place. Uh, look, I am, I appreciate Keep Hope Alive, but I, I this is why the White House will not criticize Manchin. This is why a lot of people in the Senate won't criticize Manchin, because they don't want to piss him off too much. They're going to try anything they can do to please him, like have more permits for pipelines. Biden's going to announce some executive actions aimed at addressing this issue. But at this point, what's going to happen? They're going to try and move on legislation to lower the cost of prescription drugs. They're going to try to provide subsidies for the ACA. But with 9.1 inflation, the concern is that they are going to not push too hard to do anything on climate. They're just going to give up. They're demoralized. They're depressed. Manchin has slammed the door on all the climate provisions they spent a year revising to meet Manchin's expectations. Now, I, I don't know what you guys think. Is it time to declare a climate emergency or was the time to declare a climate emergency 10 or 20 years ago? Manchin seems willing to do something on climate. He said, Let, let's see what the Congress does. The Congress needs to act. He was on a radio show today and said that um, or ABC rather when they asked if Biden should declare a national climate emergency. Schumer says we're going to keep fighting on climate. We're going to look at everything we can do. There's always a second reconciliation bill available to us. But here's the deal. Of course, Manchin's going to say, let's see what Congress does. Congress needs to act. And then Manchin's going to do nothing. Guys, we know he's going to do nothing. He will not support the climate portion of the reconciliation bill, which would include hundreds of billions to address global warming. And, and again, you know what? If you're an anti-climate science politician, congratulations. Because the best part about being you is that you won't be here when your great-great-grandchildren curse your... Shucks, when your grandchildren curse your existence. You know, can I just shake the fake Christians for a minute when it comes to climate science? Because the Bible commands we care for the earth. Not cut the taxes of polluters. But these revoltingly fake Christians, these dominionists... These evangelical supremacists, they believe the earth is here for us to spoil. They believe that the earth is given to us so we can suck its resources out and leave the garbage for the next generation to deal with. Guys, there is no Christian argument for ignoring climate science. And there's no Republican one either, because Donald Trump's Scottish golf resort was petitioning the government to be able to build a seawall. And they used climate change as the reason. So he's sort of like a believe it in the streets, deny it in the sheets kind of guy. Climate scientists are just completely depressed by all of this. Michael Werner of the Energy Department's Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory said to my great disappointment, we were right. They were right about all their warnings. And yet the global agenda has not changed. And keep in mind, things are worse off in Europe. And things are worse off in other places. U.N. Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez said half of humanity is in the danger zone from floods, droughts, extreme storms and wildfires. No nation is immune. Yet we continue to feed our fossil fuel addiction. We have a choice. Collective action or collective suicide. It is in our hands. If only that could get as many headlines as Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez getting married in Vegas. Meanwhile, here on planet Earth, a third of the U.S. is going to spend tomorrow under excessive heat warnings. The planes could have highs of 115 degrees. So at this point, we know it's going to get worse. We know our government's not going to do anything until it's too late. We know that millennials are going to be handed this and told to adapt. And we know adapting is what homo sapiens have always done to survive. So maybe we need to stop being negative about how hot it is. 
let's look at it a different way. Let, let's start pointing out. Instead of saying this is the newest, hottest summer of all time, no, let's tell a deeper truth. This is probably the coolest summer we'll ever see for the rest of our lives. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. So I don't often get to say this, but Tucker Carlson just said the most accidentally hilarious thing he's ever said, ever, ever. Spoiler alert, they were talking about George Soros on Fox News. I know, right? What's next? Hunter Biden. And Tucker actually said on Rupert Murdoch's channel, the channel Rupert Murdoch still owns. Tucker said, why is some foreign born billionaire allowed to change our country fundamentally? And Rupert Murdoch did a spit take and dropped his bottle of true blood. They, yes, I, I love hearing about foreign born billionaires using their money to influence our political process on Rupert Murdoch's Fox News. And that's why I'm so thrilled to welcome our next guest. Julia Jeske uh, is a former comedian, actor, performer who became an accidental journalist. She was researching the actions of the Proud Boys, and that put her in league with a supportive network of journalists, adjusting her career trajectory and sending her to the Craig Newmark School of Journalism at City University of New York, where she got her master's. And now she operates decoding Fox News, watching endless hours of bad content so you don't have to. I love what she does on social media. You can follow her at Decoding Fox News. Julia Jeske, welcome to the show. Me. Thank you. It's so good to see you. Thank you very much. I, I, I find it so amazing that you are, at this point in your life, watching so much Fox. Uh, on the average week, Juliet, how much of Fox News do you get to consume into your brain? It's usually 15 hours. Okay. So okay. it's three shows. I follow them for the whole week. Mainly the primetime lineup. Um, actually, I was asked to go Fox and Friends, The Five, and then I changed the primetime show. But since the January 6th committee hearings, I've changed, switched it up to just do primetime um, because the, the January 6th committee hearings take up a lot of my time. So I just do 10 hours, although last week I did 15 plus January 6th. <laughs> So. <laughs> you, and I, you and I have both done some time with our uh, conservative-ish friends over at, or, you know, right-leaning friends or whatever, just our friends at Compound Media. Is that where mm -hmm. you first met Gavin McInnes? And, and, and how did the Proud Boys lead you to this, uh, th this job you're doing? I knew a person who got radicalized. I didn't know this person very well. 
I'm not even going to use this person's gender um, because they've threatened me with lawsuits and all kinds of crazy stuff and made up nonsense stories about me. This person uh, was a frequent guest on uh, the Gavin McInnes show and they would trash other performers in New York. And right. so my friend said, you work with video. Do you want to help out? And I said, sure. And I didn't really know what I was doing. And before I knew it, I my focus switched to Gavin McGinnis because he was brazenly inciting violence. And he started the group during that time. And I just could not stop. And I kept collecting clip after clip after clip. I worked a little bit with the FBI and gave them clips of uh, Gavin McGinnis and I mean, that was kind of useless, but <laughs> right. and then I really started getting far more uh, headway with journalists and um, journalists that covered that beat. The mainstream press was completely ignoring it. So it was Amanda Marcote of, over at Salon was the first person who really helped me. Um, Andy Campbell, Jared Holt, Chris Mathias, uh, Matthew Sheffield, Michael Edison Hayden. All of them are amazing. And that's what drew me to grad school. So, uh, so while you were getting your master's um, and you were going through every episode of the Gavin McGinnis show, <laughs> thoughts and prayers, uh, how, how many episodes of the Gavin McGinnis Proud Boys show did you actually get to watch? I've watched all 407 <sighs> and I have all 407 archived. I still have the entire episodes. Um, I, when it all went down in 2018, I worked with Vic Berger as well. And we worked on a video together that got like about 2 million views on Twitter where it starts a very famous video. It starts with, we are the proud boys. We will kill you. That's and, right. and Vic did just such a beautiful job with that video. He's absolutely amazing. And he, um, at that point I'd only watched about 250 and then oh. it was during, <laughs> it was like, I kind of, was like, I was so close to finishing it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And during the pandemic was part of the time I, I caught up with all 407 and I'm glad I did because I found stuff that was useful. And then I worked with the assistant uh, district attorney on a criminal case with the Proud Boys. I was volunteering and I was still keeping track of McGinnis and right. McGinnis figured it out and he thought it was a man and he would turn to the camera and yell <laughs> At this, he thought I was a paid person for the state of New York, and I was like laughing. So, um, but yeah, all four hundred seven. The only ones I don't have are ones where there was a guest host because there was no point. Right on. So, so, so what is what is the mission of decoding Fox News, Juliet? And and how has your perspective on right wing media altered since you took up this challenge? Well, I got started with uh, the Gavin McInnes show, was so which was so much worse than Fox in many ways. Sure. Um, some much smaller audience, though. And so I had a passion for this kind of work. And then for my capstone in grad school, which is like a thesis, I focused on One American News Network, uh, Tucker Carlson and Nick Fuentes. Nice. And I was comparing and contrasting like how much overlap there were with these three. And then I compared all the radical uh, media to PBS NewsHour because it's straight down the middle. And that was my capstone. And then Jeff Jarvis, who taught at my school, um, it was not my teacher at all. He was in a totally different department. He loved my capstone and was okay. like, let's go. I'm going to give you a grant, but you got to cover Fox News. Do you want to cover Fox News? And I'm like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> and that was funny because I want to give a shout out to Greg David. He's probably not listening, but Greg David was my main teacher in grad school. And I was in the business program. So that's how wacky this uh, ended up being. But I loved well, him as a teacher. That's why I took his class, even though I was like business. Uh -huh. But he's a great teacher. So I 
so that's kind of what happened. And I, I said, yeah, let's do Fox. And it's been, I, I, we tried to pattern the whole project for friends, family, neighbors, coworkers of people who love Fox. That's so great. we don't, I don't think I'm going to convince a Fox viewer of anything, but right. I could get the people around the Fox viewers to sort of say, when you hear them say this, this is what it means. When you hear them say that, this is what it means. Um, and also kind of inform people like the, the words they use, the language they use, the way they twist a story. Like Hannity has been obsessed with this nonsense theory that Nancy Pelosi was in charge of January 6th. Yes. And debunked everywhere. So if you have a relative who's like really into Fox, you're going to hear this over and over and over again. And I'm here to go. Yeah, none of that's true. So it's kind of a way to keep people from getting sucked into it and to help with management of it. Because, yeah. you know, if you have a relative like this or a loved one or someone close to you, it's it's hard it's to listen to that. Um, and you do it in a very entertaining way. And I, I see your stuff <laughs> retweeted all, all over the place, including some of the videos that you cut. I want to play this little composite that you put up. Um, and, and Chris, this is the composite of Tucker Carlson discussing the atrocious story from last week about the 10-year-old rape victim in Ohio who had to cross state lines to find a doctor who would terminate her pregnancy because she was uh, three days past the deadline for the uh, Ohio heartbeat law. Um, this is a, a composite you made. It begins with Tucker one week, and then once the story's been proven to be true, Tucker's still trying to sell that the story's somehow a lie. Here's the composite of Tucker on the 10. Why did the Biden administration, speaking of lying, just repeat a story about a 10-year-old child who got pregnant and they got an abortion or was not allowed to get an abortion when it turns out the story was not true. And because we have a nine-year-old, I guess now at the week. time of the act, she was nine and she's being used for political purposes, which is terrible. And then we have this perpetrator and now we learn that he is here illegally from Guatemala and he's residing illegally. First version was a lie. Everything is partisan propaganda and kind of believe nothing at first. Maybe that's the takeaway. So so okay so even though it's been proven to be true Tucker's still saying the first version was a lie while having on a guest who tries to shift the entire conversation to illegal immigration and not the fact that a 10-year-old rape victim had to cross state lines like this is what you get to take in 3 hours mm-hmm. a day every day Yeah and uh Jesse Waters was the the host I'm working on the podcast for that tonight who really went to town with that story and did a horrible job with it um and uh, it, similarly, Jesse Waters is newer and uh, to the whole Fox family. And he he really I mean, he was accusing everybody of breaking laws when they weren't. He was saying the girl didn't exist when she did. It was it was really ugly. And that's but Tucker had to, you know, also get his little knife in there with that. And it is interesting because it's exactly what he does. I've also seen him show video of Biden saying something like uh, this is about, you know, Americans only something like that. And then Tucker will show the video where he says that and say, see, he just talked about everyone in the world. So he just gaslights immediately. And and I sit there going, how are you doing this? You are brazenly gaslighting as you show the video of what it really shows. And then you just make up a reality right in front of your viewers and nobody seems to care. And And that's the kind of. Yeah, yeah, it no accountability whatsoever. Well, Jesse Waters is an interesting case because he he sort of used to be like Bill O'Reilly's court jester mm-hmm. who would go around to, you know, harass uh, uh, politicals, politicos in, in the hallways of Congress. 
And then he sort of became like the funny guy on Fox where he'd go to Chinatown and do racist accents while talking mm-hmm. to people on the street. And he wasn't fired for this. And now he has his own show because if you're racist and stupid enough, you will get promoted there. Um, I know that you're working on a substack on him. But what what was the thing that Jesse Waters did in covering <laughs> the story of the 10 year old rape victim? Okay. Because he was worse, My- right? Well, the other crazy story that I got, um, that was my million viewed tweet. And that was hilarious because it was two months into this project. This project started in mid-February and it's very low budget. Basically, the the, the budget is to pay my living expenses. <laughs> okay. um, I have a Patreon. I just want to mention that it's under Decoding Fox News and there's a tip thing on my Twitter. And any money that anyone donates goes straight to technology. I'm trying to upgrade a little bit. But okay. what happened there was it was Easter week. No one else was paying attention. That was my assumption because there's other people who follow Fox and they usually beat me with speed. I can't get them on speed because I have to watch the whole episode. I have to diagram it and make these crazy newsletters every week. So I have to put in all this extra work. So they're always going to get me on speed. Well, Easter week, Jesse uh, Waters told this story kind of as a joke, but it was hard to tell if he was joking or not, that he mm-hmm. let the air out of the tires of his then intern. So she'd be forced to ask him home for a ride. He thought this was hilarious. He was married with children at the time and he never said he was joking. And you could see everyone on the five go, what? Like they were trying to get him to say, I'm kidding. He never did. So I cut that, stuck it up on Twitter. And it was like, "Eh." it just blew up. And it was featured in 26 publications, some international got a million views and everybody was like, how did you find that? I'm like, it was Easter week. <laughs> no, one was, no one was working. So I, it was kind of dumb luck, but I was like, I'll take it. And I don't like to do gossipy stuff, but I was kind of appalled that he thought that well, was funny. Yeah, or I mean, cute. it was complete stalker nonsense. He's talking to this woman who's 14 years younger than him. And yeah. he, he tells the story like it's cute. Tee hee hee. This is pure rape culture shit. How yeah. he let the air out of her tires so she'd be helpless and he could offer her a ride home. While married with a child, so you can see why Fox News would give this guy a job. But, I, mean, <laughs> I know, I you know. know. That was the it's... joke, and then he was out. Uh, he hurt his back, and he was off the air for a minute. And when they came back, they they were like, "Oh, it wasn't that. Tw- that wasn't that tweet." And they addressed it, and I'm like falling over laughing in this apartment as they're talking about me without talking about me without saying the name of my account. But they were like, uh, he said he was kidding on air. And I'm like, no, he wasn't. No, he didn't. And I immediately put that clip up like, no, he wasn't. Here's the full clip. You can see time before and time after. He never said he was joking. And since then on the five, it's happened a couple of times. He or Gutfeld has said something crazy and they've all like screamed at them. Say you're joking. Say you're joking now. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) Um, how 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 in your in your research, how is Fox News covering January 6th? They're not. They just (laughs) they do. They do the commentary and it's always they don't have any real experts on. It's just Fox News people. To their credit, they use the legitimate news Fox people. They don't use Tucker. They use the actual journalist. Right. Um, And they just pretty much and they use a couple legal analysts, um, Andy McCarthy and um, Turley, Jonathan Turley. And they basically say the same thing every single week, which is there's no cross-examination we need to hear oppressing uh, opposing voices 
Well, there's no way he would have gotten away with this. So answer it's not a, a damn big subpoena deal. then. Respond to a subpoena if you want to hear opposing yeah, yeah. voices. They just say the same thing over and over of like, it's not a big deal. And then you need opposing voices. And they want somebody on the panel that's like Jim Jordan to be on the committee, which, of course, right. it's not going to happen. So that's, that's basically all they say and that it's not a big deal. And then they'll bring up um, other stuff like inflation and <laughs> So that's like they just they don't ever talk about the evidence. They I've never heard them say, well, Trump didn't win the election. Never heard right. them say that. They but many pe- but millions of Americans, but millions of Americans believe the vote count wasn't accurate and they want yeah, some satisfaction. Say, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I want to play an example of how they twist the truth and trivialize things. I, I got this from your uh, from your Twitter account. This is um, it's very brief. This is Tucker Carlson completely dismissing the George Floyd murder in a way that oh. actually shocks me. Give, give a quick listen. Juliet found this. This is Tucker Carlson um, trivializing the George Floyd murder like you've never heard before. While a cop in Minneapolis was rough with a convicted felon two years ago, we have to stop everything and send him to prison for life. A cop from Minneapolis was rough with a convicted felon two years ago, so we have to send him to prison for life. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I, so that was a toss away in a much longer monologue. So yeah, it wasn't but, about I mean, that. that. But that's just, that's like how the racism the, works. That's how the racism works there. Yeah. It's, it's much like the Stalin comment where he said um, this one. I literally screamed. I screamed. I like yelled in the middle of a 26 minute monologue. He said never since Franklin D. Roosevelt aligned himself with the likes of Stalin has an American oh, we've got president. It. Can we, can, can oh, we play you, oh, it? Oh, sorry, I'm jumping the gun. No, that I got one, this from I your t- just went, get, Give a quick ah! listen to here. Okay, no, I, I, I saved the best for last. Here is the most batshit thing Tucker Carlson probably will say all week. Um, by the way, the, the answer to what you're about to hear at the end is is uh, they were fighting Nazis. Okay, that, that's, that's what you should shout at your radio at the end of this FDR colluding with Stalin. Not since Franklin Roosevelt colluded with Joseph Stalin has an American president done anything like that. But they did it to beat Nazis. To beat Nazis. <laughs> That's why I was like, "What did you just say?" And I just, yeah, I, I could not. I was like, heart racing, screaming, "Cut it! Cut it! Cut it!" And like grabbed that, got that tiny little seven seconds out, and stuck that on Twitter immediately. I was livid, livid. So, so with all the monitoring you've done of Fox News. I was telling my producers earlier, you're sort of like becoming a one-woman media matters. Like, um, and I've seen I love some media of the, matters, too. I love Me, them. too. They're great. And I've seen some of the nasty things, obviously, written at you. But what, what has it done for your insight on Fox News? What should the average American know about Rupert Murdoch's baby? You're not getting real news. You're getting propaganda. Um, one of the things that's the most interesting thing apart about the project is that I compare... Fox to PBS, which is middle of the road. Um, they are they bend over backwards. They'll have a Republican on for seven minutes and a Democrat on for exactly seven minutes when they discuss stuff. Um, what's so telling is I take five hours of PBS NewsHour, compare it to 15 hours of Fox. And I every single week I have a list of stories that Fox didn't cover. And that's the shame. When you watch Fox News, you're getting the same hits over and over. Hunter Biden. Um, yeah. Nancy Pelosi's husband had a DUI. AOC, we're just going to talk about her for no reason. That's it. Biden's old. That's it. That's every show. It just recycle that and then have somebody come on and scream about CRT CRT, uh, or 
a mask mandate or, you know, they have a lot of fake experts, people who don't know anything about their subjects, who um, they had Mark, uh, Mar I'm going to get his last name wrong. Um, his name's Mark. I want to say Maron, but that's not, I might no, be doing Mark. his last name wrong. He writes books about climate uh, denialism okay. and okay. he does not have any scientific training whatsoever. What and a that's shock. a great example. They'll have people on who talk about COVID, who have no COVID, they have no medical training whatsoever, who just are like, I'm a journalist, so I wrote a book. I'm like, okay. So that's well, Ju Juliet, it is Mark Mar Mark Murata? Murano. Murano, Murano. Thank you. It's Mark with Murano. And he worked with uh, Breitbart and he worked with um, Rush Limbaugh and he was basically, he had a degree in poli sci and he basically was just a media guy who started a website about climate change denialism, and now he writes about that. But he doesn't have any scientific training whatsoever. Of None. He doesn't. Never worked but in the he, energy sector. But he has the credibility of being a Fox News science expert. <laughs> Julia Jeske, how can our listeners follow you and what you do? Um, I'm on Substack for decoding Fox News. I'm on Twitter for decoding Fox News. Um, everything else is under my name, Juliet Jeske, um, spelled J-E-S-K-E, Juliet like Romeo and. Um, and Twitter kind of shadow banned me because this is a funny story. Um, I well, we were hitting a break. Unedited... I'm sorry. We're hitting a hard break. Oh, so I'm so sorry, Juliet. But will you come no, back and talk about this more? I got all shadow right, banned on Twitter because of Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Badge of honor. We'll be right back. Let's get to the phones. You guys have been so patient on hold, and I thank you. Pit Doc is calling from Ohio. Doctor, thanks for your patience. Hi, John. I'm just uh, I'm going to be catching up with those two questions about January 6th I told you about a couple weeks ago, but that was during the night of Dobbs. Okay. Speaking of Dobbs, oh, um, speaking of Dobbs, I know the ten-year-old girl was a good uh, good uh, bullet in our arsenal against against these idiots. But I have a feeling before the November election, we're going to have to need three or four dead, and mind this specifically, dead, blonde, young, and especially white women to yeah. die for anything to get through because if it's a black i hope woman, not I, I i really i really hope you're wrong but i've thought about this a lot because oh whether God, we know too whether we want horror stories or not they're going to happen they're coming out last night we covered a story about a a woman who who had an ectopic pregnancy and had to have a dead fetus in her body for two weeks because no doctor in texas would give her the procedure like it, it's the horror stories will continue doctor and I, I i mean let me ask you it just really seems like these republicans did not think once about the outcome of this, and now they're going to see a lot of medically horrific outcomes for the next several years. We need to get used to this. Abortion horror stories are going to become the new preventable tragedy like mass shootings. Well, with any help, I'm going to be creating an, a soundbite uh, come, no, come the November elections. I want to play that because it's going to be the sound of a dog barking and then a car screeching and two thumps. And then the car screeching and then backing up and two thumbs, two more thumbs, because that's what I hope the Republicans are. <laughs> anyway, about, about January 6th, okay, the yes. questions I wanted to ask then, okay? Now, yes. there are two, basically two coups at the time. There was the coup we know about trying to get the electors and try to get Mike Pence, you know, I'm not sure, dead or out of, out of Congress or something like that. And then there's the other, uh, other coup that nobody really talks about much is the you know, the riot and possibly uh, Trump invoking the Insurrection Act. So to the first one, uh, this is the question I have to ask. If, if they got rid of Mike Pence, either by hanging him or having the Secret Service, you know, whisking him off to, you know, Timbuktu or whatever or whatever, uh, 
the job of, of, of certifying the electoral votes would have fall to Chuck Grassley. That's right. Why has the January, why has the January 6th committee not talked or asked or subpoenaed Chuck, Chuck Grassley yet? It's a really because good point. He hasn't been, he had to have been in on it if they were if you know if they were going to do it. You know, they're not that stupid. Well, they are that stupid, but regardless, okay? Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 number that's number 1. Number 2 is about the insur- you know, if the insurrection act and everything like that. Now, I listen to Tom Hartman and Tom Hartman said something very unusual two weeks ago in the fact that apparently Trump had the group, the organized group, Antifa, certified as a terrorist organization on January 5th, 2021. Yes, he tried Gee, to. Yes. I, wonder, I wonder why. Exactly. You know, exactly. For all those two Antifas. Guys who, two guys who said they were in, with Antifa would have punch, thrown a punch and he would have said, okay, that's it. We're, we're closing up the government. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to hold off the election for now. Exactly right. But and and again, I'm waiting for one person to tell me the name of one Antifa member, where they live, where a headquarters is. It's an ongoing racket. And, and again, they I, still I, want us to I, believe I, it was all the Antifas. The Antifas were trying to make sure that uh, I, Trump I, would stay president. I can tell you of the top number one Antifa member. Dwight David Eisenhower. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor, thank you. It's good to hear your voice. Take it easy, John. Quick break. We'll be right back with more of your calls. This is Progress. This is Sirius XM Progress. We're going to take your calls now, but quick, I I, got to talk about Maryland because we keep talking about Democratic strategies. And Maryland is the one primary today. It hasn't gotten uh, that much coverage. And I'm surprised. I think it's a fascinating race because of what Democrats are trying to do. Um, It's their primary. It's the first primary day since June 28th. This is the only federal primary held all month. And, you know, Jamie Raskin, he won. He's coming back. Chris Van Holland. The, The big race to watch is for governor. It's a state that goes heavily Democratic, and you've got a bunch of frontrunners, Tom Perez, former Labor Secretary and DNC Chair, former Comptroller Peter Franchot, and uh, entrepreneur Wes Moore. They're all running, fighting it out. We don't yet know who the Democrat nominee is going to be. On the Republican side, however, there's a, a very, very interesting matchup. On the one hand, you've got uh, Governor Hogan's ally, Kelly Schultz, who is Secretary of the Maryland Commerce Department under Governor Hogan. Then you've got the MAGA candidate, Dan Cox. Dan Cox is a fascinating fellow. He's hardcore MAGA, big stop to steal guy, literally QAnon, QAnon guy, okay? Hardcore right wing. And that's why the Democrats have been trying to make sure that he wins. The Democrats don't want Kelly Schultz to win in a moderate state like Maryland, they want the most far right guy possible because they think it'll guarantee a Democratic win. And this is, you know, something that we've seen both parties do meddle in primaries of the other party to get the general election opponent you want your side to face. This often means boosting candidates who are even further to the right, who you'd be terrified if they actually won. Kind of saw this in Pennsylvania with Doug Mastriano. They wanted to go for the most right wing guy thinking he'll be easiest to beat. I mean, an analyst believed that Schultz would be competitive in the general. Cox, not going to win over any moderates, not going to win over any Democrats. Donald Trump has been backing Cox and uh, has been slamming Schultz, who he called Hogan's anointed successor. Democrats have been boosting the most hard right Republican 
And it's a good strategy, right? You know, thinking, okay, this person will be easier to beat. The Democratic Governors Association has spent more than $1 million in ads to promote Cox. I bet if you donated to the Democratic Governors Association, you didn't know your money would go to help promote a QAnon candidate. But that's how they're trying to win. This is how politics works. And the results are in for the GOP side. Uh, Dan Cox, election denier, endorsed by Trump, has won. I mean, in a poll they had in late June, 44% of Republicans were still undecided in this race. And it's a really dramatic day. I mean, what does it mean? This could blow up in your face, of course, but it's been a proxy battle between the term-limited Governor Larry Hogan and Donald Trump, who both hate each other. Democrats, they poured their money, they poured their attention into this guy who's promoted QAnon, and now he's won the Republican primary. He will be the second gubernatorial candidate of this year who has promoted QAnon to secure a spot in the general election ballot. They launched an ad attacking him by Democrats did by tying him to Trump and promoting how right wing he was, you know, listing he opposes gun restrictions and spreads the story that the elections were a fraud, et cetera, et cetera. They went for so right wing and that guy won. Think about Claire McCaskill versus Todd Akin. You want the crazy. You want the legitimate rape guy to be running against. This is how Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania got in there. It can backfire, of course, because every now and then, oh, I want Hillary Clinton to face Donald Trump. He's the easiest to beat. And then it blows up in your face and you're stuck with a fascist. What do you guys think? Are you scared or does it sound politically brilliant? Hey, it's Chris Household. Well, I just I mean, the most shocking part to me, I think, is is that it it just seems so out of turn for the DNC to do this, because normally it's the conservative candidate who's been secretly spending money on Cox. Oh, 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 you sat on it and you had it and you waited like a cheetah on the hunt. You waited until you pounced at the right moment. Very well done. (laughs) This could have backfired. No, this could have this. I, I was I've been watching this race because this can backfire big time. In that, let's say Dan Cox, they spend all this time saying how crazy right wing he is, and then he doesn't win. Well, then you've gone and made the GOP nominee look like the sensible moderate. So I I think it's good. They're not going to inadvertently help them. This is what happened, uh, you know, in Pennsylvania, we hope. I mean, obviously, the risk is electing any Republican to the governor's office. Republicans thought their shot at the Pennsylvania governor's mansion was all but gone when Mastriano got the nomination. But... It's still a rough time for Democrats. Inflation, gas prices, and now Mastriano, who Democrats wanted because he's too right-wing, he has a real chance against Josh Shapiro. It's a mess out there, folks. I hope you're voting. Let's go to the phones. Y'all have been so patient, waiting on hold for so long. Rex in Delaware, thank you for your patience. Hey, how you doing, John? Can you hear me? Good. How you doing? How are you great? I'm doing good. But I want to just say this. I'm not going to let the Democrats down. I'm voting in November and I'm voting in 2024 because I think, you know how that old saying goes, I can do bad by myself. Uh, I think we can do much worse with these Republicans. (laughs) I agree. It's terrifying. I mean, do you think that enough people are going to be woken up by how scary this is that we'll have significant turnout? I, 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 I don't know. It seems like the media really wants it to be a route by the Republicans. But I think the Republicans had it going on when they just can run on the economy. But I think the Supreme Court actually screwed them up because oh, yeah. now you're going to have every woman out there voting. And 
That's the women vote is a powerhouse. Hell yeah. Thank God for that. I think you're exactly right. They could have just been content to beat up Joe Biden with inflation, beat up Joe Biden right. with gas prices, but their eyes got too big for their stomach. And now they got rid of separation of church and state. They got rid of Roe v. Wade. And they said that states can't aren't allowed to uh, have their own gun policies anymore. I mean, like, you guys were and in the lead, and now you're hurting yourself again. Right, John. With these guns, I think it's too late now. I think we got too many assault weapons already out there. And these fools are going to go to war with this country if we try to ban assault weapons, which yeah. I think should have been banned years ago. They were banned years ago. They were, they were banned years ago. And you as a veteran know that civilians, certain civilians, have no business getting their hands on military-grade hardware. They were banned for 10 years, and then George W. Bush let the ban expire, and then we saw these mass shootings go up. Exactly. I think that the future now is not the children, it's the guns. The guns yeah. are our future. You remember the song Whitney Houston had? Don't yeah. you know that children are future? Now, a little bit of airplay, yeah. is our future. I agree. I agree. I mean, these people value guns more than they value children. They just do. Children. They and value their entertainment. In this world. Yeah. And it's just their entertainment. That's all it is. It's not about your it's Second all entertainment. Amendment rights. Se- I, mean, I mean, you know, you served in the armed forces. Uh, you don't have to be against the Second Amendment to say civilians have no business owning AR-15s. That's right. What what else they gonna ask for is uh, F fifteen fighter jets? Exactly. Tactical nukes. White phosphorus. Exactly. Yeah. All right, John. You have a great program, man. I oh, will be calling you, back. I hope you will. Thanks thank you. Thank you for your service, by the way. Thank you very much.